on, everybody? Welcome back to an exciting, fascinating, captivating episode of the Vile Files Going Deeper Edition. I'm your host, Nick, joined by Allie and Amanda. Sometimes Allie, she's just in a mood. Uh, we do have a great episode for you. Uh, Colby and Madeline from The Ultimatum join us today uh, for a Going Deeper discussion. I think we de- they definitely clear up some issues and I asked, I, while we don't, we don't do a mediation call with Colby and Madeline, I felt like we kind of almost mediated their point of view on unclear issues as it relates to uh, their time while filming, specifically the understanding of like what was fair and what was not fair, expectations versus reality, some of those uh, burning questions you have in terms of like, what was Kobe really doing? Did he really, what did he apologize for? Was it okay for, like, I also, I, 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 I understood a little bit where, where I saw both of their points. I thought they both made valid points. So uh, I was uh, enlightened. A couple of housekeeping notes. We have a, a great Ask Nick episode for you. It's already out, it was out on Monday. If you are just tuning in for the first time or you've been listening, to some of your favorite ultimatum uh, guests. We do this amazing show called Ask Nick on Mondays. As Amanda referred to, it's, what do you, well, how did you describe it? I loved how you described it before. It was- uh, You said it was like a brunch conversation. Oh yeah. Adult yes. brunch. Yeah. <laughs> Emotionally mature brunch. We go yeah. to very different brunches. <laughs> uh, listen, if you are feeling a little confused and a little helpless uh, about your love life, whether you're in a relationship, a situation or single, or you're having a conflict, uh, the people who listen to Rasnick episode, uh, feel a little bit more empowered. Yeah. And like trying to get them out of their own way. Yeah. That's what it's all about. And as one reviewer described us as surprisingly insightful. So. And substantive. Surprisingly. <laughs> so if you want to be surprised, if you're feeling a little like, uh, if you've been going through this week and you think to yourself, nothing surprises me. And you think, how can this reality TV reject? Uh, <laughs> Provide basic... insight, <laughs> insight or substance. <laughs> <laughs> Either. Uh, go check out our Ask Nick episode. Uh, next week we have Kale Lowry and uh, Colton Eckhart on Tuesdays. Clayton Eckhart. Clayton, whatever. Clayton Eckhart. We don't have to even edit that out. Fuck it. I don't care. Uh, We're going to check in with uh, Clayton, get his thoughts on some uh, on life since AFR. And uh, on Wednesday, Josh Beck, who uh, has done 140,000 podcast interviews. And we are lucky enough to get his 141 and one. And we're going to dare him to give us some original content. See what he comes up with. See what he comes up with. <laughs> really engage his ego. <laughs> I've never I've never really called out a podcast guest before they come on our show. But they've done, he's done them all. That's fantastic. Done them all. Saving the best for last. Yeah. On the topic of interesting people, seamless transition. Elon Musk buying Twitter. How do you feel about it? This is a deeper conversation. Like this is uh I have a brother, uh, I have lots of brothers, who is on the far left of things. And he's of the belief that um, billionaires shouldn't exist. There's no place in this world for billionaires. There's a lot of people who agree with him. I even understand the argument, I suppose, but I'm not on that side of like, we should abolish billionaires. Like everyone, like like, there should be taxed to the point where you can't, you know, be a billionaire. Like anything else, I, I, you know, I do believe in balance and I think there's, 
you can abuse your power and privilege. And if you have a billion dollars, it's super easy to abuse your power and privilege. Uh, on the flip side, you know, you look at people like um, Elon Musk or um, who owns Amazon? What's Jeff it? Bezos. Jeff Bezos. Like, uh, I mean, Amazon, you could argue, saved a lot of lives during the pandemic with people's ability to stay at home and order literally anything they might need from groceries to supplies. And that, that technology that Amazon created probably saved some lives. So there's that benefit. Elon Musk is potentially creating and developing uh, transportation that might save our earth, right? In terms of electric cars and things like that. So like, uh, I think this place has a world for incredibly talented and, and, and people with means because there's a lot of bureaucracy and government that doesn't get things done it's not efficient so you can operate more efficiently and and billionaires can can do that on the flip side like it can be incredibly scary and dangerous when someone has so much money and influence that they can like wake up bored and want to like stir the pot and and buy twitter or even threaten to buy twitter and what does that say about one person having all this control and power is a potentially scary thing so i'm also so interested in like the space obsession with billionaires like you know the way that i'm like oh i really want to go to paris one day or they just like oh i really want to go to space like is that like it feels like that's probably what it is yeah, there's just this expansive when you have access to every can, single resource ever, you're like, I need beyond the worldly resources. You know, it's like for all the people like, you know, we already talked about Coachella, but I went to Coachella last weekend. Right. And I had been to Coachella before. But like there were moments there where I'm just looking around thinking this is an experience. This is cool. Like I have to sit here and appreciate what I'm doing because like this is a unique environment. And like to be able to appreciate moments or first time moments or like, you know, like that that feeling must be hard to find and replicate if you have access to anything. So maybe it must come from that need to feel and live and be an aim towards something, to experience something new for yourself because everything is so obtainable when you're that wealthy is my guess. But and I, you know, if you want to fly to space on your dollar, like whatever, I don't know. I don't think they. I, I think even then they're not flying to space on their dollar. I think there's like, I don't, I don't know how that all works, but yeah, as far as, uh, I don't, I know very little about the Elon Musk and Twitter of it all, but I will say knowing very little, the idea gives me pause. I, I see the problems with it, but I don't know if I'm, uh, know as much to have informed opinion on it. What do you guys think? Huh? I just wanted to see exactly what the numbers were. What is Musk really doing with his $43 billion offer to buy Twitter? That's so much money. And if he's willing to just throw that away. Well, throw it away. I mean, he's got, he's worth like $200 billion. So like, what's the difference? Also, he's made, how much did he make during the pandemic? So much. So much. I think it's at least starting a conversation about the fact that there are owners of Twitter. Because I think sometimes social media has just become so integrated into culture and society that I forget that there are people who are doing like product design, who are making very deliberate choices, that it's still a business. It's not just like this forum. And so I think it's been a like a reminder that like, yeah, there's the potential that a, a billionaire could buy Twitter. And then like, what does that mean for like the way we like discourse about stuff we should play a game who's your favorite billionaire i have a favorite billionaire who is it mark cuban from what i know about mm -hmm. him is that he seems like someone who especially in 
his most recent years, as he's gotten older and more mature, he's using, he seems to be using his capital and his wealth to like, uh, help the common people. Like he started this company to give people like cheap drugs, like by cheap, I mean like less expensive drugs, uh, rather than some of the high priced, you know, pharmaceutical drugs that are out there. Uh, I remember Mark Cuban say, and I completely agree with him that like everyone on social media should be verified. The fact that like this whole like blue check mark or verification pro process is meant to like have people like me feel like important and have some sort of status like, oh, I'm verified. Like, I think everyone who's on the internet should be verified. People should be held accountable for the shit they put out there. And if you're going to troll someone, if you're going to talk shit, you should have a name to the face because it's so easy for anyone to like put out fake accounts and talk shit and, and things like that. And I think everyone on social media should be verified to hold people accountable. And I think the world will be a better place for it. And that was Mark Cuban's. I, I heard that first from Mark Cuban. I don't know if he originated that idea, but he's my favorite billionaire because I see multiple scenarios in which he has tried to do the right thing for other people rather than for himself. It sounds like you gotta okay. love Shark Tank. Yeah, also you gotta love Shark Tank. <laughs> you gotta Tank. love it. <laughs> and I also love how he likes, uh, uh, how he watches sport. He's a passionate person, but he seems to be a thoughtful caring, empathetic guy. Very quickly, switching to one more topic that has inspired a lot of passion. Taco Bell brought back Mexican pizza. <laughs> and I, I, I think this is significant, especially for Ali, a known Taco Bell lover. You're excited about the pizza. I've never had it, but I would trust Taco Bell with my life. <laughs> I've, I only get tacos. What's your drunk food, Nick? Like, what's I like your... Taco Bell. Okay. I, Taco Bell. Uh, I only get tacos. I get three hard and three soft shell tacos. Nice balance. I, I, I love a good gyro, but like only from Milwaukee or Chicago because out there you can't find a good gyro in LA. I think I don't think so. If you've eaten a Chicago or Milwaukee gyro and you think you have a good, there there are equally as good gyros uh, in LA. Let me know if you haven't had a gyro from Chicago uh, or Milwaukee because there's a, a very large and a Greek community in both cities and they make some fucking, there's some amazing great Greek food in Chicago and Milwaukee. I've had some real shitty, uh, euros, uh, in LA. And if you know of a good one, let me know. But the Taco Bell pizza, like I've had it before. It's whatever. Look at that. Why? And people are excited. Like, like some people stare at stained glass. I'm gonna just be here all day. I fuck with Taco Bell. I like Taco Bell. As, as far as like shitty fast food, I, I, Oh hell yeah. Better than McDonald's for sure. Taco Bell. I feel like, because I tried Taco Bell for the first time when I was like 19 or 20 or something. What? And I feel that like... That was your first time? Yeah, I, for some reason. And it's not like what a... sheltered life did you have? You yeah, were a Taco Bell virgin until you were 20. I, so, yeah, I was I, an actually, old Taco Bell virgin. I think that's kind of hysterical. Like, we, you know, we're all sheltered and not sheltered for different reasons, depending on our parents. But like you, from what I understand, came from a very progressive liberal family. And you were probably exposed to things that Allie and I were definitely not exposed to. I grew Kale. up in the gay part of Boston. <laughs> like I grew the neighborhood in Boston I grew up in was like there was just like a lot of there's a huge LGBT population. And so I went home from soccer practice one day and asked my mom, I was like, why don't I have two moms? So like I was definitely sure, yeah. exposed to like a yeah. large slice of the world. But that you people, didn't have Taco but Bell. But Taco Bell was not on the menu. <laughs> I have like memories of obviously like my mom is 
a boss woman, but like on Sundays when she would be home, like she would go to Taco Bell and come in with like big bags of Taco Bell. And like I've that was love, I think. And like everyone would get their little That's how your mom showed love. The chips and the cheese dip. Not the only way, but like that strikes a memory. That's the thing about being a kid though. Like it's amazing. Why do why as children do we look like Love shitty food. Like, oh my god! Why I did I? Now. Why was I obsessed with Little, little Caesars as a child? <laughs> <laughs> like that's dog shit pizza. Like as an adult, that would be like crazy. Horrid. <laughs> Horrid. Uh, but I, as a kid, it was like Christmas morning. Yeah, it's like sugar cereal, like any of that stuff. It's uh, just like anything else going on in the pop culture world we need to cover before uh, we get to uh, Madeline and Kobe. I don't know how we end on a higher note than that. Let's get into it. Madeline and Kobe. All right, Madeline and Kobe. Uh, don't forget to send in those questions at asknickatcastme.com, cast with a K, for our Ask Nick episode or mediation calls. Uh, we do have a great mediation call for you uh, today after uh, Kobe and Madeline. We got mother-in-laws, we got finances, we got rent, and I feel like we found a really good solution, so uh, be sure to check that out. And once again, we love you all. Can't thank you guys enough. Uh, also, little shout out. There is uh, all the people who said hi to me at Coachella. Uh, thank you for saying hi. Thank you for listening to the podcast. There were uh, a group of, I w- like Nellie and I were walking through the, the, the crowd and I was uh, uh, posting something. And with like, so I was like on my phone. I was also inebriated slightly. At, and then there was this group sitting on the lawn that was screaming my name. And they like recognized me, but I, I, I was like so out of it. I was like, why are these people yelling my name? Like, what did I do wrong? Uh, lovely group. They listen to the podcast. Uh, hi, if you're listening, you know who you are. And to all the people who said hi, it, it does mean a lot. Uh, obviously, all the people who come up and are very appreciative of the show. So uh, it really, uh, yeah, thanks. I don't know. I love that um, Nick goes to a festival and forgets he has a million Instagram followers. He's like, how do they know me? <laughs> I was like, why are you guys yelling at my name? I don't know. What did I do wrong? I'm very self-conscious uh, sometimes. Madeline Kobe. People don't realize that physical symptoms like headaches, teeth grinding, and even digestive issues can be indications of stress. And uh, let's not forget about uh, doom scrolling, sleeping too little, sleeping too much, undereating or overreacting. All things that uh, a good mental health professional can help you with. And we're talking about BetterHelp, people. BetterHelp is making it easier than ever before to connect with therapists and mental health professionals from the comfort of your home or the comfort from your car or the comfort from a road trip, wherever you are. You can literally maybe walk outside in the hallway fighting with your boyfriend as a department and talk to a therapist if you want. BetterHelp, again, makes it easy. You can go to betterhelp.com. You take a quick kind of assessment quiz to figure out like what it is you want to talk about. They assign you to one of their many mental health professionals. Also, you can make sure that you like the person you talk to. If you talk to them the first time, you're like, listen, I'm not a fan. We don't connect. You just move on. It's like speed dating with therapists if you want. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy. Give it a try. So many of our listeners have tried BetterHelp. Uh, they love it. It's really made an impact on their lives. And it's, if it's something you've ever thought about doing, I highly suggest and recommend you trying it. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, and Vile File listeners get 10% off their first month at BetterHelp.com slash Vile Files. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash V-I-A-L-F-I-L-E-S.
Marilyn Monroe. What an icon she is. There's so much about Marilyn Monroe I've always wanted to know. And every time I feel like I know everything about Marilyn Monroe, there's always something more. And uh, our good friends on the Even the Rich podcast are taking a look at the glamorous and not so glamorous and tragic life of Marilyn Monroe. Uh, she was just like a smart lady. Like, I think people put her in a, in a box of like, oh, this like blonde bombshell. And I'm like, no, no. Like, you have to understand like the wheels that are turning behind the scenes. Listen, you don't get icon status without being incredibly intelligent. Mm -hmm. And there's all types of intelligence, but you have to have peak intelligence to be an icon. Much has been written and said about Marilyn in the 60 years since her tragic death at 36. But what often gets overshadowed is the absolute force of nature she was while she was alive. Marilyn was a woman ahead of her time in so many ways. From the moment she stepped onto the first move set, it became clearer that it was her acting and intoxicating charm that brought her film's box office success. Listen to uh, host Brooke and Arisha pull back the curtain on her legendary life and career. To listen to Even the Rich, Marilyn Monroe, go to Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, or you can listen ad-free by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app. Madeline, Colby, welcome. How are you two? We're doing great. We're hanging in there. Hanging in. in. You, you, look, you. you look a little stressed, Colby. Is that more like, is that ultimatum stress or is that baby on the way stress? No, dude. I, I've been working in the yard, doing some stuff around the house. I'm just trying to get things done before the baby gets here. All right. Well, congratulations, obviously, to the both of you, both on your marriage and your uh, newborn baby on the way. That's very exciting. Thank you. If, if we can, and I'm sure you guys know, we'd love you guys to indulge us and, and go back in time and, and talk about your experience, even though I know you have a, a, a baby on the way, but there's a lot of burning questions people have. And uh, we had the pleasure of, of talking to April. By the way, she, Colby, very, she seems very grateful for your friendship. She has nothing but very nice things to say about the both Good. of you in case you guys were worried she was talking shit. She just talks shit about Jake. Only <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. Jake. <laughs> really, Only honestly. Jake. But uh, I'm really fast. I think a lot of people are really fascinated with how you guys came on the show to begin with. Like, obviously, we know Colby was one who issued the ultimatum. But I'd love to hear from you guys in terms of like, was was these ultimatum that Colby issued, was this like a topic of conversation that was going on between the two of you? Or was it the show presented itself to you guys and then they were more curious about like who was more interested in getting married? Like what was that casting process like for you guys? Because I think that was, a lot of people are really fascinated with that because like, again, it's one thing to go on as a single person and be like, yeah, sure, fuck it. Like I'll go find love. But like for a couple to be like, yeah, we should do this is a whole different story. And I'm curious about the conversations you two had while going through this process. Yeah. So um, we like from our first day, Colby was like, you're the one. This is it. He moved in with me after like two weeks. He was very like, we're going to get married. Um, and I've always had my hesitancies. Um, I just think things take more time. I loved him from the start, even though it doesn't really show. <laughs> um, I just I needed I needed more time and for things to for things to just play out and make sense to me. And so whenever we were like approached the idea of the show, I was like, well, why the hell not? Um, We'll put it to the test, kind of see who's right. Um, and then also it was kind of sold to us like in a little more healthy of a tone. It was like, you'll have the opportunity to really 
see like if there's truly something missing from your relationship, if you're taking something for granted, which I felt like maybe I was, and maybe I really had something to learn from it. I didn't, um, I didn't go into it thinking like, this is going to be so chaotic and messy. It was like, we've got this, we know where we stand. We know what we want eventually. (laughs) Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't think we really knew hundred percent what we were getting into, but it, it did seem like a good fit. Like it fit where we were at at the time. Were, was one of you, uh, more excited or anxious to do it than the other, or did you guys, were you on the same page or was one of you pushing the other one? Cause like, obviously according to, to Jake, you're pointing your finger at, at Madeline Colby. Yeah, she was definitely more excited to do this whole experience. Really? I think I was more anxious. More anxious, (laughs) more anxious, yeah. Yeah, like, because Colby, Colby's, I mean, from the start, like, you see his personality. He's like, oh, I'm Colby, you know? (laughs) And for me... Yeah, we we definitely saw the, I'm Colby, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, and so for me, I was like... That's cheese energy right there coming out. Oh, God. But, uh... (laughs) Yeah, and he was like, it's funny, because, I mean, our our roles really got reversed. Things changed whenever Colby didn't get who he pair- wanted to be paired up with. Yeah. And I did. That's where things kind of took a turn. Cause Colby went into it. Like, this is totally cool. Like I have so much confidence in us anyways, like we can do this, this, and this. Um, but then whenever things kind of didn't pan out, um, and him and April got more stuck together than like actually had a connection. Uh, that's where Colby kind of had a little more anxiety for sure. For sure. Why, why is that Colby? Well, for one, I didn't go on as many dates as I did with the other girls. Uh, me and April didn't really have the sit down and deep chats before we actually got paired together. Mm-hmm. So for me, whenever I, you know, at that night, a choice night, it was kind of like, a, okay, what am I about to get myself into? More so like prepared and knowing what I'm getting myself into. Um, so it's just a lot more anxiety whenever things took a turn. What was it like for you, like Kobe? What, what were you feeling when you saw... Uh, Madeline and Randall seemingly have some kind of connection, right? And then you got essentially paired with someone you had no connection with. You're like, well, fuck it. I mean, you know, April, right. beautiful woman. She's, you know, bubbly, but you guys either A, didn't talk that much or there, there just wasn't a connection. Did, was there any part of you that wanted to pull a Nate in that moment, knowing that like my my girlfriend who I love is like vibing with this dude and I'm about to like, basically have a roommate for three weeks like right were you panicking well, first off just just starting off like when you initially get there i was walking with confidence like before i even met anybody i mean as soon as you walk into the environment with the other six dudes in the room knowing that they're going to make an effort to connect with your woman like the confidence goes out that window and your jealousy goes through the roof you know what i'm saying so initially i was like oh shit you know like, i'm I don't know what's about to go on from this point. I think I might have screwed up bringing her here kind of thing. Uh, but as things went on and progressed, and then as the week kind of went through and she started having more dates with Randall and I started to see that relationship to develop, um, you know, it definitely made me nervous. But knowing that I was still connecting with somebody on this side, I knew that we were both getting the the experience, the full kind of experience out of this, what we were wanting um, coming into it. Um, and then choice night when things got twisted, knowing that she was moving forward with the solid connection and I was getting kind of, you know, forced into something I wasn't exactly agreed upon in the first place. Yeah. Maybe kind of freak out, kind of <laughs> scramble a little bit, kind of try to figure out a new plan. Um, knowing that me and April obviously shared the same energy, you know, we both 
brought the same thing to the table. Um, I just knew it was going to be a strong friendship from that point moving forward and just accepting it and just turning it into something positive instead of trying to sit in my own, you know, mess. I was just trying to, um, you know, just create positive things out of it. So I think yeah. there are definitely moments where we, we both wanted to run um, in that first <laughs> week for sure. Was like That's an understatement. <laughs> fucked up, get us out of here. Um, sure. But yeah, at that point, I think that we both also knew we weren't ready to leave with engagement. So. Right. Did you, was there any part of you that was almost kind of like in a weird way, do you wish Colby had an opportunity to, to do this with, do the experiment with Matt, uh, with Lauren? Because not, you, at all. not at all. <laughs> I'm so scared. I, when I watched back, I was like, what the fuck? Where did, when did that happen? <laughs> like, and how did I miss it? Cause we both, I mean, me and Colby, I mean, going into it, we both knew that we had the ability to connect with other people. We both right. value human connection, getting to know people. I mean, that's such a fun, exciting part of life. Um, so I knew we were both capable of it. Um, I didn't know he was doing it though. So watching it back, I was like, thank God she left. I don't, I mean, cause I, and I don't know that Colby have, I don't know that I think we would have split up. Like, I don't think he would have controlled himself as much. Wait, being, so you, you think it, that if Lauren and Colby like, uh, but like what is it live together for three weeks i'll be honest as a viewer i was bummed that she was gone because i feel like she like seems so like put together and quiet and then she has this like sleeve of tattoos yeah. right? sure. and you're just like well, that's what that's like, what kind of drew me in i like i was just trying to figure her out like she's saying she seems so unique so different yeah. from everybody else and that's kind of what madeline is to me she just always stood out from other girls and from the group that i was getting to um, have dates with, she was the one that really stuck out to me. And I wanted to, um, you know, just invest and see, like see who she really was. Cause she was very quiet at times didn't really express herself until we started going on dates. She started opening up to me and I was like, Oh, okay. I was like, she's pretty cool chick. You're yeah, like, so. pretend she like, she might be a freak in bed. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. exactly. <laughs> like, yes, I know. <laughs> no, no, yeah. I'm, I'm... <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, like, I don't, I mean, I'm not going to say conflict would have lit us up, but it would have put me in an entirely different position. I think I was very lucky to be able to have as much like confidence and um, security. What, I guess. what do you say so about that, girls. Colby? Would you agree with Madeline that it would have been, you would have been more tempted? Cause she's basically, if I'm hearing Madeline, right, she's saying that uh, you, you, she doubts your ability to control yourself in the heat of the moment when the stakes are risen, do you, do you agree with that assessment? Are you just as thankful? Because Hey, listen, sometimes we're put in situations and we make mistakes that we do wish we could take back. Like sometimes we do make, for sure. What do you think? As, about as you saw on the show? Yeah. I mean, I had we'll, many of those. We'll, we'll, <laughs> happen. We'll, we'll get into that, but um, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, as far as that goes, um, yeah, I would, I don't know if it would have been more so like, I wouldn't be able to control myself. I think it was more like, I don't know, it's kind of hard to explain. I, I think it would have slowed our progression down as far as um, the engagement and all that. It would have taken a lot longer for us to um, restructure our relationship for sure. um, versus kind of at the end of our like, ex experiment, I guess. It was like, okay, I definitely know what I'm doing. I think if I would have been with Lauren, I would have been like, okay, maybe you know, I need to kind of 
I'm with maybe I'm with uh, Madeline at this point. Maybe we need to wait a little bit longer and make sure everything's you know right. But I think we both would have been a little more confused for sure. Yeah, yeah. Just slow slow things down. What I loved about this show and what I like about this franchise as well. I come from a show that. Uh, likes to either have people be heroes and villains, right? It's it's very one-dimensional. And what I love about The Ultimatum is that it shows people, and it shows people in their good qualities and in their toxic qualities, right? I think we saw toxic sides of everyone, and we saw really endearing sides. What I loved about you two is a couple. My favorite moment for you guys, and I want, I'm curious if you even thought about this or other people have told you the same, is that when you guys, after your three weeks of living with Randall in April, and you guys both kind of pulled some shit, there were some like, you know, whatever moments, but the first thing that we saw was you two lying in bed and and Colby saying to you, Madeline, like, I don't really care what happened. I just want to enjoy this moment. And I'm a big believer. Like, there's always like a time you always have to work through your shit. And yes, you have to talk through and have some tough conversations. But you two struck me as a couple that at the end of the day, just want to be happy with each other rather than being right about whatever it is that happened. And so that I love for you guys, because it seemed like you seemed like a couple that truly cared about each other and yeah, you're going to have some tough conversations, but you saw that love there because it, you, you saw it with other couples that wasn't as easy. Like they needed to like sure. get to their shit right away. And I, I liked that you guys through your actions stated that more than anything, this was, you know, priority number one. So for sure props to you guys there. As far as the Thank other you. stuff, the toxic stuff, I'm really curious, Madeline, you mentioned, um, it, people might not see that, but I think a lot of the people thinking or watching it was, and I'm sure you heard this is Madeline fucking hates Kobe (laughs) early on. What was that? Like, what was your perception of what we got to see? We know things could be edited. Do you think that was accurate? Did you watch it back Madeline and, and kind of, were you surprised by how you talked about Kobe at times and Kobe, what was that like for you to watch that back? And what conversations did you guys have with each other specifically about some of the early things we saw as it relates to how you guys talked about each other behind each other's backs. I'll let Madden start this one off. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> we were asked to discuss like what are, you know, positive things and what are negative things about your relationships. So I, I did that. And I mean, Colby, no, I mean, I feel like we talked before about the things that bother me about Colby. I am. And just being, I'm very like, meticulous and can be nitpicky um those are things that we also talked about during the show but it's like yeah I get annoyed um I get overstimulated Colby has all this energy and I'm like let's just kind of mellow it out um which good balance. honestly has is a good balance yeah. but yeah sometimes I believe I, in balance like I said I was like Colby annoys me you know um so it's like he does that was true it I think like the negative things I did say negative things and like, I guess I kind of stand by them and you know, that sounds awful. What I feel like I had to do is that I didn't do is speak as kindly and openly as about Colby, like, as I feel like he did about me. It was awesome going back and just seeing how he just speaks his love and adoration for me all the time. And like, that's something that I think I was embarrassed to do or something, which is so mature. Um, it was like, I thought that like, wasn't cool or something. And <laughs> so now it's like, wow, that's something that I really want to do for him. Um, cause I do love this man and 
I don't know. I don't always have to, I don't know, be, uh, be cool. <laughs> yeah. You know, I thought it was really interesting too watching this back because I think you saw a lot of behaviors from the cast that you see in the real world. Right. I think yeah. there was a theme with the women on the show and as a guy in relationships, I've experienced this. I, th I feel like women have a tendency or at least feel like it's normal behavior to be more nitpicky about their male partners. Yeah. You know, like it's like almost like fun and ingest. And I think you got to see how that affects men. You know, Definitely. like we, I think we're so used to, you know, like women talking shit about their male partners, but they don't see it as talking shit. And honestly, like sure. one thing I've learned in relationships too, like, you know, in my current relationship, I used to laugh it off too. Like if my girlfriend be like, Oh, you're such an asshole or whatever and blah, blah, blah. And I'd be like, I would just like, I would take it. I would laugh it off. I would, yeah. I would act like it was not a big deal. And honestly, now in my life, in my relationships now, like I have find that I stand up for myself more in relationships and not, not like, like I'm in a, an amazing relationship, but like there are times where I go, yeah, please don't talk to me that way. And I, and I recognize yeah, yeah. that they don't it's even- It's important they, to let that person know. Yeah, they don't even realize, right? Like, they, and I think it's right. just kind of a behavior that like, oh, I guess, yeah, I probably shouldn't talk to you that way, but I'm so used yeah. to just right. saying it like this or saying it like that. And I, I do like how the show, maybe at your expense, Madeline, of sounding a certain way, but I think it, it again, I think it showed very relatable moments between couples and what I liked about it is it kind of showed how how men can feel insecure or how they can be talked about. And certainly we saw some toxic behaviors from the men too and how they handled their emotions. But um, yeah, it was, it was certainly entertaining, but I actually saw it as more of a, a teachable moment than anything um, rather than, I thought it was interesting to hear you say like you almost the pressure, like you thought almost what you're saying, Madeline is like, yeah, you thought like when you said you were trying to be cool, were yeah. you trying to be cool to, who were you thinking about? Were you thinking about other women at, watching the show? Or were you thinking about people? You know, were you thinking like, you know, I want women to support me. You know what I'm saying? When you're watching it, what kind of self-awareness, like who was the person you were trying to be cool to? Honestly, I think even myself, I think that I've had a problem like in past relationships and stuff, just feeling like I don't want to buy into this guy's shit and look stupid. Like, I just want to be smart and yeah. I want to know the red flags. Like, I want to see everything. I want to, I don't want to fall into anything. So I think that I've just kind of have overdone that so much to where it's like, I wasn't appreciating and sharing my gratitude and love for my partner anymore. Yeah. So protecting yourself. Yeah. That, that makes sense. But there were some moments where you called out Kobe that we quite loved. Yeah. Um, <laughs> One in particular, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on this, Colby, uh, when it was after you, you lived with April and then there was that moment where uh, you talked about April's growth and then Madeline kind of called you out as like, like, who the fuck are you to like, yeah, take, no, I, take I, credit I explained for that. that. What, like, I, I explained yeah. that on the, on the reunion. I, I did explain it on the reunion, but I don't think they should. I don't reunion. think they did. I, so I, I'd love to hear your thoughts on why it sounded like you were taking credit for April for growth, but I will just, say, and in your defense, April didn't, uh, April had no problem with anything you said. So there you have that going for you, but I would love to sure, hear yeah. your point of view on, on what you meant when you were saying that. 
Well, even like at the uh, the turnaround point where we actually get back with her original partners, when she says that, like, who are you to, you know, be able to say that about women, whatever. <laughs> and I was like, um, you know, Shanique turns to me and was like, I don't think you're able to say that kind of stuff about me, like telling Randall he wouldn't be able to handle Madeline. It was just, I'm not good at wording things, I guess, like not using proper um I don't know, like relatable things to say. <laughs> but what I meant by that was just, yeah, she's grown as an individual. Like we, I've grown out of man. Like to put it even, I grew as a man. Like yeah. I grew more into a man. You know what I'm saying? So like I wasn't saying I turned her into a woman within the three weeks. I was just saying, hey, I'm recognizing your growth. You know, I, I'm just very proud of you for everything that you've been able to go through and handle um, as maturely as you did. You know, that's that was my way of saying. Hey, you really grown into a woman. That's you know, the like, yeah, that was my intention. Always an extra level of confidence, I think. <laughs> yeah, listen, <laughs> I, I think uh, I think every guy, uh, and I include myself, has learned a tough lesson, and maybe this was yours, Kobe, of <laughs> well-intentioned talking to women or about like we uh, like mansplaining. You know what I'm saying? Condescension, like, <laughs> condescension, sure. mansplaining, and like all well-intentioned. But when you hear it back, be like, "Why the fuck am I talking?" <laughs> Like, what the exactly fuck? how I felt. Who asked? Why do I have an opinion about this? Like, <laughs> um, so I, I've certainly been humbled, uh, and and um, it's just a, a, I think a lesson all men probably need to learn and be humbled by it. So the good news, it For seems sure. like you have you you're not defensive about it, but recognize while you didn't mean anything by it, why it might sound the way it did. On the topic of the three weeks where you were with April, uh, one thing that she alluded to in her interview was that the couples would sometimes or the original couples who went into this experience together would sometimes meet up off camera. And I'm curious, like what that looked like, if it did, in fact, happen and like what kinds of things were you saying to each other if you did get a few moments during that three week period? We heard you even met up with the dogs, too. So that's what we heard through the grapevine. (laughs) Okay, yeah. So there's a lot of actually times where me and Madeline are having some like deep conversations, mature conversations about like progressing forward about after hearing what like each other's done. So we're talking about while you're with April. Yeah. Yeah. Like you guys were like going all that stuff. Yeah. Like you guys, it seemed like not only you guys, but all the couples were kind of like keeping tabs on one another and meeting up even if you weren't supposed to meet up, but like checking in on each other and having face-to-face conversations. Yes. So actually most of the times that we actually met up, it was more like ran into each other um, because we all stayed in the same apartment complex, downtown Austin. Okay. But we also all parked in the same parking garage, like down the street. And there's only one spot to walk. And we only had like a maybe an hour to walk, like get outside and do our thing, whatever, before the next filming or next time we went out or whatever the case was. So during those breaks, almost everyone was moving around, getting stuff done, you know, within that time that they had. So everyone was out walking their dog, getting stuff from their clothes, doing laundry, whatever. Uh, So, yeah, the times that we did meet up, we were able to talk about things and, you know, exchange information, whatever, um, about what's going on, what we did with this partner, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, Did you guys, before you went on the show and even before you guys separated with your temporary new partners. Yeah, we set boundaries. Yeah, what yeah, what boundaries did you guys for set? For sure. So really, for me I am reading this guy's mind. We kind of think alike. Okay, so so 
honestly, um, we were, we were to the point where like just no sex, like we didn't want to scare each other from embracing the experiment. Yeah. Like really trying to connect with another individual. So like I would hate for her to get, for a guy to get close to her and she like already, you know, stiff on him, you know, like I want her to experience that closeness, the um, intimate stuff with somebody uh, just to really embrace the experiment. And I wanted the same thing. So sex was really the bottom line. Don't do that. Do whatever. But like just sex. So don't do other stuff. Oral was (laughs) on the table. Was oral on the table? (laughs) No, oral was not on the table. (laughs) I mean, we said sex, but we knew like in our heads, like connecting without saying it. Yeah. Oral was obviously not. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think a lot of people are were like curious because it it the what we saw was a kind of this, you know, we'll see. Another thing that uh, we got was kind of confusing. It seemed like, and I think you got caught in this too, Colby. It seemed like at least some of the couples, and I don't know if if you include yourself, where like you had this, there was this other girl, and April had this other guy, where. Did some of the couples, including you guys, take this basically moment away from your each other, your partners, as I'm just single, period, versus I'm single with this person who's part of this show? And I think I know you've answered some questions around this, but like, was that the mentality uh, that you had that caused you from making, having some of these makeouts that was discussed? Because like, honestly, I was like, I found myself really confused watching, but like, what, who the fuck is he making out with? Who are they talking about? <laughs> and then there was this, like that whole event. So like, what was your mentality and how did you find yourself in a situation like that? Well, that, I mean, I'll, you have to answer towards what your mentality was, but like right. those, those are boundaries too, that I think were kind of unspoken. Like we went in going like, this is the experiment. These are the six couples. And Colby was all about, he's like, making out is fine. Like, yeah. blah, 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 And I was like, I was a little more hesitant about that. I was like, what the heck? <laughs> like, what do you mean? Um, but then I'm like, he said it was fine. Okay. So I think, yeah, like going outside of it to me, like, that's where it was like, this was not understood. This was not agreed upon. And it wasn't transparent as a thing. It's like, we came on here. We're kind of opening up our relationship in a way, um, but within a certain bounds. And that is what I felt like to me was outside of it. Um, If there'd been, you know, conversation um, and owning up to it, like before finding out that would have been a little more understandable and whatnot. But uh, yeah, I don't know. What was your mentality? Yeah, Kobe. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. I mean, obviously it's an open relationship. Um, Once you get into, basically when you first step foot into all of this, it's an open relationship immediately. Well, I mean, I I think opening yourself up to connect to other people, right? Well, I think that's where people were kind of confused. We don't know. Like we weren't there, right? It it, it seemed like, and I think that was the big question. I think a lot of the audience was confused where, is that what it was? Where you're just like, hey, a break, like in the real world, you don't do this kind of social experiment. You don't agree to like find one partner in temporary day. You either take a break or break up and fuck around with people or not. Right. But this is this show, which is so like this show calls itself. It names itself an experiment. Right. So I think a lot of us had this as, as Madeline mentioned, it was like limited to the experiment uh, that we went on, but you took it more as like, well, you know, like uh, we're in an open relationship. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, essentially you go in there looking okay. to see if you can connect with somebody else or not. Um, but I, if I, I would have like called up an ex-boyfriend, you would have been pissed. 
that would not have been what we agreed upon, correct? I mean, that's a good point, I guess. <laughs> yeah. You know, I guess, I, yeah, I can see where you're coming up, yeah. you know, from there. I guess with the the high levels of stress and everything getting mixed up and thrown around and I'm seeing her, you know, kissing Randall and I'm not getting that out of, you know, April or whatever. I guess I, I, I don't know. I just felt like, um, like she's actually going a different direction, like really starting to connect with Randall. And I was like, oh, shit. I was like, I might walk out of this thing. Yeah. Like I might have just lost Madeline. You know, so um, and we've obviously been together for a while. I haven't dated or talked to anybody else, you know, but it's like, I mean, this that, was a moment where we could. That, I think the motivation and like the feelings are totally understandable. Uh, really? Like it, to me, it totally makes sense. It was just like, I wasn't we just needed to be <laughs> yeah. honest about yeah. it. Well, you know, it was, uh, shit. Like, it, was it was bad boundary setting i guess right yeah, because like sure. hearing you guys talk you know when you said well we knew sex was off the table and then i asked well was oral on the table and kobe goes well we knew that it meant that it wasn't yeah. and so yeah. i'm thinking these are two people who clearly are so connected who know each other so well but they're still assuming and Ooh. as well as they yeah. might know each other there are gaps and 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 gray areas and, <laughs> there are gray areas and expectations yeah. and boundaries especially especially around something that neither of you truly had any idea of what you signed up for. Because I, for sure. I will say, like hearing Colby talk about it, yeah, I mean, I can put myself in Colby's shoes saying, we went on this experiment, my girlfriend is connecting with this really good looking, really charming guy. I, I, I have a friend, I have a pal in April, so like I need to go make out with some people like it like I I I could see how the fear of Madeline making out right, right or wrong I'm just saying whether right. like I can yeah. un understand while well shit do I I'm gonna go I'm definitely gonna yes I'm at least gonna make out with somebody because like April was well just think about pal. everything else that's going on too I mean you got other couples doing the exact same thing in front of you too like everyone was connecting but me is what you know what I'm saying so like even that was a bigger like. Like, I'm really, <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I feel like I'm just sitting on my hands in the corner over here kind of thing, you know? But it's not because I just wanted to get back at Madeline. It's because I wanted to try to test our relationship. Like, am I am I able to connect with someone like that easy? Or is there something Yeah, I didn't take it as a back at Madeline. It took it as, yeah. I mean, she might, she might, uh, she might not want to be with me and I'm, I need yeah. to at least start making out. I mean, again, I'm not, I'm not agreeing <laughs> or disagreeing. I'm just saying yeah. I can put myself in your shoes and, and yeah. understand. Uh, Ellie, you have a question? Yeah, I was just going to ask. So you obviously just said it wasn't to get back at Madeline. You were just like sitting and you didn't have someone. But then on your guys' last dinner before the proposals, you were like, I had to make this real. And Madeline asked you, make it real for who? And you said for you. So I guess yeah. I'm just wondering, like, you talked about how you kind of set boundaries going into it, but then, you know, external people were never part of that agreement. Like looking back on that conversation specifically, like do you guys wish you would have spoken differently about things? You wish you would have taken a different side of that argument? Yeah. I wish I just sort of owned my shit to begin with instead of stirring. <laughs> you know? Because that was what was so frustrating is because from the beginning I was like, Colby, I understand why you did what you did. Like I, I get it. And it's just don't say you did it for like as a favor towards me because we did never talk about that. Like I, I felt like that was just my only line I had to draw. It's like, I get it. We can move on from it. You didn't tell me about it. That was kind of fucked up and it wasn't what we agreed upon. So what specifically just, so did you say to let me, Madeline? Let me explain it real yeah. quick. Okay. Hold on, let me explain this real quick. Um, so when we first, or I'm sorry, when 
before we did the um, uh, choice night, the first choice night, uh-huh. we had a the last night together kind of thing where we sat down and had a dinner. I think you see it with uh, Ray and Zay, uh, with April and Jay. I can't yeah. remember who else. But you, you saw the little dinner inside the hotel room before we you know went to choice night. Well, we had one of those, obviously. It wasn't shown. But it was the conversation was, um, you know, I, I don't want to feel like you're just going to be there at the end of this to where, like, I don't have to worry about anything. I'll just know you'll be there. And so she was like, I need you to make it real for me. And like, I want you to test relationships. Like, I want to make sure that you know that if we do end up together, I am the, like, I wanted him to I stand his ground understood and be like, into. you know, this, I, this is where I stand firmly and I'm not going to let you just do whatever you want and continue to make me wait. I wanted him to, you know, demand. So you did say also. that. Okay. I mean, that does provide some context. Right. It's just, it's just, just tell me about it I mean, and I, say, I, you know, it wasn't it's just not shown like none of it's shown so no one understands why i'm saying this stuff and it's it, it's ever like really agitating to me because it's, it's like people don't see the the point where i'm coming from oh, originally yeah, I, I, I guess I, so everyone looks at me as a, a, a you know, a jackass for saying I did this for you, which, you know, I still, I still believe I shouldn't say that because ultimately it is obviously my choice at the end of the day. I yeah. did that, did those things. Um, but I just felt uh, like that going outside of the six couples was a boundary. Like I thought that, I mean, that was set. I felt pretty clearly. Um, Ali has a follow-up. I have a follow-up. And not telling, not telling me about it for three weeks was the thing. Madeline, how do you think you would have felt if, let's say, the roles were reversed and you kind of just got stuck with, like, a random leftover guy that you did not have a connection with and you were just buddy-buddy? And uh, him and Lauren are just, like, well, yeah, staring I'm like, into each think, other's eyes. Would you have, like, <laughs> tried to find a connection elsewhere? Would you have, like, stuck by your own rules and been like, well, I guess I'm just... High five and my husband like, every day. What if, what if you got stuck with Nate? Could you imagine that fucking guy? <laughs> like, <laughs> I actually didn't mind me. I think Nate got a bad. You got a bad. You got a bad beat. He okay. Was pretty, he was pretty cool in the dates. I'll say. I'm gonna pick um, you. <laughs> one. <laughs> yeah, he, he just reached out to me when to play golf. So he, he's really. I mean, he's all right. He, okay, maybe we shouldn't yeah, be so hard on Nate. Okay. Nate really is all right. Um, <laughs> yeah, but. Okay, I mean, there's lots of, first of all, I mean, he did make out with April too. Like, he can't say that he didn't explore that. So, I think On the last night, made, by the way, what I thought was particularly weird. Yeah, he just had to get it in there. But I don't know. I To me, it was just like, why don't you just embrace what you came in here with? She's an attractive, cool girl, and they had a lot yeah, in common. Yeah, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to stick up for Kobe here. Like, oh my you God. can't, o- o- only because if we're talking about like it's not about just making I me mean, he ended up just making out with april for the sake of it mm-hmm. well, i don't i don't get that but you if this is about testing the relationship and testing your own connection with someone you have to explore someone you're at least ha- are vibing with like other like you were right. vibing with ryan randall so it seems disingenuous if for the sure. pur- if, if the purpose is to do that and i mean so, and well, hearing and hearing you say because i will say like it is interesting because Again, if we're being critical of the toxic Madeline, you know, we're, yeah, we're fair enough. Fair, you know, we all have toxic sides. We've all been like, fuck. I mean, if 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 they were recording twenty three year old me with my twenty three year old girl, like with with me, like my first love, we 
fuck, if we were on a reality TV show, uh, it would have been a nightmare. And so, like, I give you guys a bunch of grace. But, like, you to Colby's point, like, you were, and, and you being critical, like, there, I think it spoke to kind of, listen, men can feel emasculated. You, you were, yeah. you were telling man, Colby to man up. And I think when a, when a woman says that to a guy, especially in a relationship, it can be very confusing for a guy, especially while we're living in a time we were, we were, we are rightfully so trying to hold men more accountable for their toxic masculinity. And so that kind of juxtaposition of like, what do you mean I'm supposed to man up? And as you say, like set boundaries and push back versus like be this kind of empathetic, loving, caring, nurturing guy. It can be confusing. And then you add this very yeah. confusing social experiment that neither of you have any experience in. And like, I'm willing to offer Kobe some grace on that. But you still recognize that probably in the moment or at the end of the show, you were completely full of shit when you were saying, no, Mabe, I made out with her for you. Like you probably definitely did it for yourself, but I get where, yeah. I get where it's coming from. Yeah, I get where it's coming from too. And I guess to answer that question, like if I were to have gone off the show and we're not, because I felt like I needed to do that, the only thing I would have done is just told him about it and been like, yeah, I did this because this is how I felt. This is what I was missing. That's it. That's what is, it I'd love to hear from both of you. What is one thing you guys learned about yourselves as a result of going through this experience that both while film, both while filming it and while watching it back where you thought to yourself, I see this behavior I demonstrated and I don't want to do it anymore in my relationship with this person if anything at all, like what is something that you guys learned about yourselves that you recognize as a behavior that you want to stop doing? Yeah, for me, um, like personally for myself, it was like the level of drinking, but for our relationship. <laughs> what I like to call tailgate drunk, Madeline, you were. Yeah. <laughs> I heard that. That, yeah. is, that is on that's point. A fair, that is that's perfect. a very fair assessment. Um, so, I'm from Wisconsin. Yeah. I'm, from, drunk, I'm from Wisconsin. So I'm very familiar with the uh, tailgate drunk with the. Uh, yeah. 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 Girls night was tailgate drunk for sure. But like for our relationship, it's just the way, the way that I was speaking to him um, and jumping to conclusions, kind of like cutting off to be right, I guess. And that's a big thing that has changed with our marriage and with the position that we're in now. Like, I don't feel the need to, defend myself so hard and fight so hard for myself. It's like fighting for us and trying to really find understanding of past things um, in an entirely different way. What about you, Kobe? Yeah. Yeah. I got to, I pretty much same thing. Uh, you just got to realize that you're a team now. You're, you're not independent anymore. Um, working together is definitely the health, what makes a healthy relationship and knowing that you're not fighting for yourself, but for, relationship for to be on the same page constantly uh i think that's one thing that really opened the eyes to honestly all the couples on the show um knowing that once you commit to something you're committing to the commitment of both of you and not just yourself the marriage uh when did you think about proposing or actually suggesting to get married kobe and madeline did you sense that might be on the table at all 
Yeah. You're nodding. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I knew that with Colby. Colby, I knew if we get engaged, I'm married and pregnant like immediately. So <laughs> I've got to be ready. What did, what did <laughs> your really family ready. say about all that? Like, did you guys end up doing like a celebration afterwards? Well, I went and bought a dress, but then I got pregnant. <laughs> so they're like, uh, after I have the baby and like get the bod back, we're going to celebrate. Yeah. We've talked about putting some together for sure. And just, Kind of, he uh, wants his big wedding still. Oh, that's, uh, that's so re- that tracks. That's so Kobe. Resetting <laughs> our resetting our vows in front of our family is important. Obviously, your family and yeah. friends are the ones who hold you accountable. Um, you know, for the promise that you make for that special person, and to hold you, you know, uh, uh, true to it. So, uh, you know, we had our moment, which what Madeline wanted was kind of more um, just us kind of thing. Uh, it was and more, <laughs> yeah, intimate for each other, and you know, that's this was an opportunity for me to take full advantage of, I mean, this is a huge stage obviously, but in the moment during that uh, little clip that you see me getting on one knee, it's just us, you yeah. know, with like 50 other film crew guys. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, it, it is nice. It did but it was, it's what she wanted, you know, it well, was something that was special for us. And talking about the small wedding that we saw on the show, my question when I was watching it is, I think you have to have two witnesses to be legally married to like sign the document so yeah, like there's a whole team of cameras. but that's yeah. what i was asking did a crew member sign those forms for yeah, you who signed it yeah. So yeah she made really good friends with one of the producers and then i was really good friends with the um exec producer whatever. Yes, whatever. she was really sweet and kind of uh was there in the moment and wanted to be a part of it so both of them actually the next day went with us to the courthouse um we did it again she videoed <laughs> it on my phone and it was real special for us yeah wow uh, just to you, clear other things up too. Yeah, what else do you want to clear? Three months, three months after uh, we that got we married, the filming ended. That we got pregnant. Yeah, <laughs> everyone's like, they got pregnant during the show. That's why he got on one knee. I was like, no, Boy, <laughs> like, baby. I got a plan, baby. I got a plan. I mean, even yeah. if you did, who gives a shit? I mean, I don't know. It's crazy. Uh, do you guys have? Uh, there's some drama going on between Ray and Zay on the internet right now. You guys must be following that. Uh, a little bit. Do you guys have no, <laughs> no opinions? Uh, no. T- team Ray, Team Zay. It, it, uh, team Ray. Team Ray. Okay. Team Ray. Why? Yeah, I gotta say Team Ray too. Why? Um, I well, we I, saw the what it was and what they were dealing with, and she's yeah. There's a there's a a lot there. Um, I'm not sure what's on the internet, but Team Ray, 100. percent you guys yeah, they were facing a lot of issues in, in the relationship coming onto the show. I mean, there was a clear reason why she gave him the ultimatum. Uh, but you saw a soft side of Zay in some, in some episodes, but there was a lot of nasty stuff. Well, uh, in all of us, I don't think we have to like. Yeah, I guess I shouldn't yeah. give him that. Yeah, <laughs> but Fair uh, okay. yeah. Team Ray. Yeah. <laughs> Team Ray. Uh, okay, a couple of rapid fire questions I have for you guys. Who's more of the drama queen between the two of you? Madeline I think Colby. I think Colby. I don't know. I keep it. I keep it pretty real. She's kind of Colby. Can I? Can I offer you some advice? I you sh- yeah. May I just accept it? <laughs> yeah. In my experience, being in a heterosexual relationship, if you're the guy and you're the drama queen, you win. It's it's great. <laughs> I am the drama queen in my relationship. I haven't always been the drama queen. Now I have always been a drama queen, but I have dated people who are more drama queens than me. And when you're a guy and you're dating someone who's less of a drama queen, it is fucking awesome. Like I'm yeah, definitely a drama I'm more queen. Of a control 
person, but yeah, I think he's. You're more dramatic. Guy. I'm definitely more dramatic in my relationship for yeah. sure. Like not always, yeah. but like generally on a day to day basis, like it's a okay, gift. Yeah, probably to be honest, if I. If I'm really thinking about it, yeah, I probably would be more the drama queen. I know sure. it's not used to say because we just. Can we I say think... drama king or drama queen? Mm -hmm. Let's go drama king just to make it a little more. That's not better. I think you just embrace drama queen, man. Just uh, in, in embrace that side. All right. Yeah, you got that. You got that feminine <laughs> side. I, I think that's a good thing. You know. Me too. You're an empathetic, soft man, and I say that in a, in a great way. <laughs> I, I that's that that's the side you like. You 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 don't like that. Really? No, no, I, I accept it. I'm a teddy bear, dude. I love you, Dubby. There you, you know, go. But... It's okay being a drama queen. I think it's, I've never, I never thought about that. I would have been defensive too. I would always be like, no, not me. I hate drama. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, that's right. why, I, maybe, maybe I like it. Maybe. I mean, <laughs> you, you don't end up on a reality TV show if you don't like a little drama. drama. For sure. Who is, who, who's quicker to say I'm sorry? It's a... You think you are? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It takes a lot for her to kind of buckle no, up. I believe that. Last night I said I was sorry. <laughs> I don't know. Last night I said I was sorry. Um, it really just it depends on the, it depends on who's wrong, I guess. I think we both can fight pretty pretty hard. We're pretty, but sometimes pretty, people uh, they're sure. like I'm definitely in my like Nally is amazing. Who's the better driver? Yeah, who's the better driver? Ooh, wait, so are we in traffic? Think, are we going around town? What's the, are we like late to an appointment? Like, what are we talking about? I'm here? the better driver in all this scenario. <laughs> so, <laughs> I got like the same driving. Yeah, it doesn't, I mean, it no, doesn't no, matter. No. Cold, no, leave it alone. If we're, you know, going down, you know, I-45 and we're late to an appointment, we need to get somewhere. I, I'm, I'm Mr. Zoom for sure, but getting places safely. safely. Because we're carrying a child. Yeah. <laughs> Do you guys sure. have a name picked up? We do. We're not sharing it. <laughs> We're not going to release it yet. Is there any way I can change your mind? Have you listened it on this podcast? <laughs> no names. No name dropping. No. Fine, fair enough. So before we let you go, and it's entirely up to you guys, we have people call in. And if you guys want to be, we want to do a potentially a trifecta. So what, what usually what we do is we have a couple's call in just like this, and they call in with something they've recently fought about or there have been fighting, not, not something that's like going to break you up. Just like something that like, we always butt heads on this topic and we always, okay. it's just like a recurring thing and I mediate and it's not about picking a winner. It's it, the, all these conversations end the same way. And that is, it's about helping each other, see each other's point of view and empathize with each other a little bit more. We don't pick winners. We just, and so my question to you is, do you guys have a topic you'd love to discuss with us and have me mediate? Like we haven't been fighting enough. <laughs> That's maybe okay. like decorating, maybe like decorating a space, like Ooh. in the house, I guess. Like we're. Okay. Ooh. Projector or TV then. If we're, because that's very Projector. Specific. Come on. Are you kidding me? Let's blow this sucker up. We got NBA up to, there. Is that, is that a serious enough topic? Do you guys actually d disagree with it? Do you guys get mad? Yes. Yeah. It, no. Yeah. yeah like we the, it, we've had ridiculous. taco taco night be a conversation, but there's always like, what? Well, where do you peel back the layers in terms of? But if you're getting frustrated at each other and getting mad and having to like agree to disagree or like take a time out, then it's worthy of discussing. Yeah, I think it boils down like the initial argument is like TV versus projector, but I think it's just like practical versus Colby trying to make things. I don't know. Trying to make <laughs> whatever. I've got, got a pretty creative mind, so I yeah, can, I think that's it can go places. That, so uh, who's in charge of decorating 
the living like who's the decorators is it a team effort it's pretty it's pretty even yeah, I feel like it's we try to make sure it's a comfortable spot for both of us where it's just like not overwhelming with girl stuff but also like not a main cave you know so what you, you're so, trying so uh-huh. do you are you trying to get a big screen tv slash projector and you and madeline oh, won't let you she finally she broke me and we got like a 70 inch tv but <laughs> it's close enough to projector i guess <laughs> you know so well i, I have the, i have i have both so see my guy see he gets it yeah. I have I have I have an 85 inch and out yeah. outside I have a projector. 180 inch 4K projector. Across see, the so we're getting there. Okay. Outside that makes sense. I just I think there's other things. And I absolutely don't need we... either of them. Like yeah. right. <laughs> yeah, we we hardly ever watch TV to begin with. To be honest with you, we're always outside venturing off, hiking, whatever. But when we are home, you know. Netflix and chill kind of night. It'd be nice to have something or our games going on or masters or whatever, you know, it'd be nice to have a big screen and some, and some boys over. So you guys aren't really fighting about it all that much. So you... Yeah. We're really not fighting about. I'm, I'm pretty easy going. I gotta be honest with you. I'm, I'm we like... haven't been since the show. <laughs> By God. So do you really, I mean, obviously no regrets. You guys got married from it. You have a kid. How often do you guys talk about, the sh- like do you guys does it come up now i mean obviously now it's been airing so it's a topic of conversation but how much between it ended and filming have you been like what the fuck did we <laughs> i can't believe we did that like does it do you get into these have you ever did you fight about the show all that much we didn't we were leaving it again we had one of those moments where it was like that was hard that should be ugliest sides of ourselves like all we want to do is be better for each other. Um, so we talked everything out and disclosed everything and until we got to an amicable point and we didn't fight about it until the show came back out and we're both getting backed up on our shit, you know? <laughs> and so we kind of brought the fights up and it's like, she had a good point. She says you have red flags. And I'm like, well, I heard you have, you know, that kind of brought it up and we had to, we had to this talk term, it out This again. new term. Uh, uh, it's not new. Gaslighting is yeah, not gaslighting. new. Yeah, gaslighting. <laughs> I've never uh, heard of gaslighting before. Well, but it's uh, it's definitely not new. It's also now wildly overused and misused and, and yeah, misunderstood. Well, but um, and I think especially in situations like this, when you're having like a super heated argument, like you, I think yeah. most people have tendencies to do this toxic, <laughs> have these toxic behaviors. For sure. like, yeah, yeah. I mean, something... people often confuse like good, healthy people and healthy couples can have toxic traits and behaviors and toxic fights. I mean, no couple uh, in a long-term relationship is not going to have moments where they need to apologize for the behavior. I mean, essentially, right. that, you know, and if you have to apologize for a behavior, then you were toxic at some point, right? Like that's yeah. a no-brainer. And then, you know, gaslighting is an actual form of, of abuse. And, and, and it's just one of, the internet has watered it down and repackaged it into like a way to articulate uh, feeling like you're not heard or your partner's listening to you, not listening to you or ignoring you or trying to like convince you uh, of think you know, but yeah, people, the, yeah, I, you guys, the biggest takeaway there is you guys should just not listen to the internet or read comments, but yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, right. But yeah, we felt a little, a little backed up. Um, someone's going to give you uh, shit for yeah. saying that you have never heard of gaslighting though, Kobe, just a heads yeah, up. Yeah, for sure. That's just a heads up there. Me shit for being narcissistic. I didn't even know what that was. Oh, uh, that's another <laughs> word that but people are wildly uh, misusing. Um, but it was funny. He looked it up and he was like, Oh, 
like these, <laughs> I, I do see some of these qualities. So it's like, there is a self-awareness there. So, and that's but healthy. Think about music. Well, we have a narcissistic society and we all yeah. have traits of being narcissistic at times. That's For different sure. than being a malignant narcissist who's borderline sociopathic and, and dangerous to the people they come in contact with two different things but yes we we all can be narcissistic and but it's like it's selfish we we have we've it's like we decided that selfish the word selfish wasn't as impactful enough and we've just replaced it with being a narcissist but yeah right that's just is what it is uh any final thoughts uh from you guys before we let you go anything you want to share anything you want to clear up get off your chest you know put out in the world any any advice you have for the people listening in terms of like hey young couples out there if you're going through this we made this mistake don't do what we did etc cetera, etc cetera. i think just in general uh be kind to one another love each other uh choose your battles wisely and uh if you really love somebody i mean love will always overcome so uh just time your best friend and yeah just love man <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't know for me i just felt being able to watch it back it was hard to like watch me fight with myself in knowing how badly in those moments like i wanted to love colby and choose colby and it was just really hard for me um because again i felt like i was going to be losing something or look dumb if i was wrong or something like that um so i don't know i guess to people that are on the fence like me and worried about always being right like not not letting yourself fall into something. Um, I think that's a good, it's a good um, mindset to have, but it has to, it has to stop at some point. You have to draw a line um, and let yourself love and be loved too. All right. Well, I appreciate you both coming on. Uh, All the best to both of you. Congratulations on the marriage and the child and uh, look forward to seeing more baby content uh, whenever (laughs) whenever that happens. So best of luck. And uh, thank you guys for coming on. And you'll get yourself one of these. There you go, man. I'm glad glad you're not wearing that fucking hat. You got too good of hair, man, to wear a hat like that. Like, I don't know. know. That's what I think. Yeah. Uh, Well, I'm talking about cutting it soon. So we'll see. When, uh, when your, when your wife tells you you don't look good in something, I just think that's a great time to like, listen to let's your go wife. Ahead. Let's go ahead and clear that up. I'm glad you just brought that up. What, what do you think about my cap? You like, that's what you should mediate is Colby's hat. Yeah. You <laughs> like guess, the hat. Yeah, that would be, I don't hate it. Like I'm Dude, a, she I, just, me a, I just think he's extra with it. Like it's just part of Colby. Like just trying to show out a little bit, I think was what bothers me. Like, I don't mind. I don't. It's not the hats. The hats. Wait, not so the wait, you, you, oh, I see. So you actually think objectively looks good in the hat, but when he puts it on, this alter ego shows up? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, kind Dude, of. Dude, it's something I'm comfortable in, you know? Like, let a man wear a cowboy hat if he likes to wear a cowboy hat. <laughs> That's what I'm it's saying. Certain, it was just like, I don't know, walking in like in a suit and the cowboy hat, and all the girls are like, excited. I'm like, this is such shit. <laughs> like, I don't know. But I don't, I don't hate the hat. I just feel like it's just him trying to put on something that's wait, wait, but, but Madeline, if it, are you, cause you're saying it like, like if, when you didn't know Kobe and you came in walking with a hat, you're saying it like it would have totally worked on you. And that's what pisses you off now no. <laughs> because no. now you know Kobe and you know, he's like a human being and like, 
He's not like, and I say this not as a dickish way, Kobe. He's not as cool as you originally might have thought when you didn't know him. Because none of us are, right? When we meet someone, right. we get nervous. We're like, I don't know. I don't like, like my current girlfriend or vice versa. Like we, we're like scared to talk to this person we now are in love with, right? And you're right. like, oh, because they're so cool. But like now you, it's like you don't want him to wear that hat because you're going to be like, ladies, he's not, he's just fucking. <laughs> he's not actually that cool. <laughs> he's a yeah. basic white guy. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Oh, okay. Hold on. I said I'm that was like. average white boy. Col- I'm Col- not the average oh, white boy. Yeah. Colby, we, we are. It's okay. <laughs> it's fine. I'm, I'm sure you're wonderful, but like, you know what we're saying. Why don't, why don't we do a double date? I'll go get drinks and you can find out. Yeah. Right. And I won't wear my cowboy hat. I'm sure you're wildly dynamic. Yeah, you were a one, 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 one runway model, I found out uh, moments before. Is that true? Is that? I've done some modeling in the past. Yeah, not you a look, lot of it, but yeah. I've, you looked very pretty. Thank you. <laughs> you're handsome guy. Is the baby going to have a baby cowboy hat? I think is the better question. Is Madeline, yeah. Madeline going to yeah. allow the baby to wear a hat? Yeah, the baby can wear a hat. Yeah, the baby will look cute in a hat. But it's yeah, so contradicting. I, I swear. That's... Women all, <laughs> yeah, but women look great in cowboy hats. It's yeah, they Dude, well, it, cowboy I, boots, Daisy Dukes, a little crop top. I kind of agree with hat. Madeline here because it's like when a guy puts on like I don't wear cowboy hats, but I'm sure there's a version of me wearing something where I think I'm really cool. And uh, is it a scarf? <laughs> like the high, like the high top vans. Yeah, uh, those are cool. <laughs> I like those. These, these, these aren't vans. These are uh, Italian all those. polos. Oh. All those. Oh, no. I like them. Uh, guys, thank you so much. You guys are great. Uh, all the best to you guys. And uh, if you guys are ever in LA or we're in Austin, we'll, we'll, we'll take you up on that double date. Awesome. Sounds good. All Thanks. right. Take care, guys. Best of luck. Nice See talking ya. to you. Bye. you got, all right. Bye-bye. All right, since uh, Madeline and Kobe are very much in love and don't really have something they're fighting about to do a mediation, we're going to play our mediation call now. Very relatable stuff. We got mother-in-laws, we got finances, all a big melting pot of potentially problems. And let's see if we were able to um, save the day once again. <laughs> let's get to our caller. Z. How's it going, guys? Good. What's your names? I'm Ellen, and I'm 28. I'm Chase, and I am 30. Yeah, and we're and married. And we've been married for a year now, but together for three. Okay. How can I help? What's Who wants to, who wants to tell the story? I'll let her go first, because she uh, she's the one who has uh, been the most intimately involved in it. Great. <laughs> Okay. I'm waiting. Uh, I am waiting for one. You're so far. It's been unanimous. It's every every mediation call. It's always yes. But, <laughs> There's always one person. It's always the woman so far. It hasn't been the yeah. guy. Um, <laughs> but one day, one day, the guy will be like, "I'm the reason we call." <laughs> anyway, I digress. Go ahead. You're good. Um, we when we first got together, we were living at his mom's house with his mom. And then through a series of lots of circumstances, she moved out and we have the house now. And we've been waiting on through the course of our relationship. We've been waiting on certain milestones to happen so that we could decide whether or not we want to keep the house or whether or not we want to move out and find our own place. Uh, A few of those factors are the fact that Chase was waiting on a sellout from his company that would give him a huge cash out. And we were going to use that potentially as a down payment. 
And then secondly, we were waiting, not waiting until we got married, but until we got the pressure of the wedding done so that we could decide whether or not we wanted to pursue a place. Um, And then we were also, we also had to consider the fact that through a series of an executor and a trust that the house technically belongs to his mom, but she's kind of our landlord. And so long story short, we got married and then Chase had the buyout and it was less than we anticipated. And also the housing market kind of blew up in where we are exponentially. (laughs) And so now we're trying to decide what we want to do. And the thing that I'm having the most trouble with and that I would like an external person to get involved in is that, we can't ever seem to finish a conversation about it without getting into, oh, well, this affects this and this affects that and this affects that. And then we reach a certain, what I think is an impasse and then we don't talk about it anymore. But then also there are certain things that I'm just like, oh, okay, then we're definitely staying here because the rent's super cheap and there's not really a lot of cons to staying here. There's not a timeline, I think. Yeah, except that his relationship with his mother ebbs and flows, not in a tempestuous way, but just in a way that they don't really communicate the way that I like to communicate, which is logically and very straightforward. They get really emotional about it and really manipulative but that's also just the way that they communicate and I'm coming at it from a completely different background. So I feel like I'm an interloper, but it's also part of my life. So there will be certain things where I'm just like, okay, we're staying here. It's the best fit for all of us. And then she'll say, oh, but I need this much more rent or I need you to pay the taxes or I need you to pay the bills or anything like that. And then they have a conversation that's just 20 text messages long. That's about that, where they just start yelling at each other over text. and then he has to come to me and say, hey, she wants to do this. And she's super sweet. And she has this belief that like the daughter-in-law and the mother-in-law is the most easily compromised relationship that you can have. So I think she's just trying not to conflate it with this side of it. So I'm trying to understand that and respect it. But at the same time, I need to have a conversation with her about it. And so I'm trying to have a conversation with him at the same time that he's trying not to be emotionally overwhelmed by her about these factors. Chase, do you agree with your wife's assessment that when you fight with your mom, that you guys can be manipulative with one another? Uh, it's just aggressive. It's like, it starts off as passive aggressive and then it just turns into aggressiveness. So do you, 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 so you agree that you would like to, do you, do you like how you communicate with your mom? Uh, it's, it could need some help. It could need some work. Okay. Specifically about this topic. Right. But I guess, Uh, but I also, there's like, because when you said to Chase, like, I don't like how he communicates with his mom, my first reaction was, that's none of your business. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Now you went on to say, well, there, there can be manipulative and things like that. And that's also your opinion. That's why I asked Chase what his thoughts were. Like, listen, if, it's, if, if, two, if, if you're seeing two people you care about communicate in a toxic, unhealthy way, like, obviously... Like, it's good that you're there to help or like say, hey, just it's it's you seem upset or blah, blah, blah or whatever. Like, can I help? But also, like, it's got to come from Chase. Like, you know, he's got to get to the point where I don't like how I talk to my mom. It doesn't feel healthy. And ultimately, you just have to be careful that it doesn't frustrate you more than it frustrates Chase. You can't want it more for Chase. 
Mm-hmm. Right. So I think sometimes yeah. we we do that with our partners and we have an opinion about a situation that we, you know, we see because we're there and we're that third party who's like our partner and we tell them how they think and feel and respond. And that just like, especially in an emotional situation when it comes to family, I know it comes from a place of love. It can feel sometimes like it's not helpful. And I don't know if that's how Chase feels, but it can sometimes feel like you're not helping me communicate with my mom better. You just, you're just telling me I'm doing it wrong. And I don't know, how do you feel about that? Like, it, it, like so I'm just really curious about that because when you talked about that, I'm just really curious how much of it is a priority for you to fix how you speak with your mom? Like, is, is what Ellen is saying, Ellen's saying helpful? Or do you feel like a little helpless? Like, well, yeah, it sucks, but I don't know what to do about it. Uh, it's, it's probably the latter, honestly. It's like, because, I mean, we've been doing this pretty much my whole life. It's gotten better, I would say, probably in the last five years than it had, than it was, you know, growing up, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, up until my, <clears throat> you know, when I was a child, it was pretty good. Then when I hit, you know, puberty and through puberty all the way through college, it was really, really rough. Okay. Uh, our just, our communication just like always fell through and it turned into a lot of screaming and fighting. Uh, and now we're to a point where I think most of our conversations are more constructive than deconstructive. And I think that just overall, the relationship I have with my mother is better than it ever has been, uh, even if it is still a little bit uh, tumultuous at times. Gotcha. Well, hey, listen, every, a lot of people have uh, challenging relationships with their parents. Um, so and remind me, I just want to make sure I understand your your living situation is now is that you are currently renting from your mom. Right. So, uh, so basically the way the house is set up is that there's this house and another house and they're both in the trust, right? Okay. My grandmother left them both, uh, to us. So it's me, my brother and my mom, we're all in trust together. So, uh, I then pay the trust, um, about $600 a month, which is nothing, right? It's yeah. very minimal, especially when it comes to rent. Right. And then on top of that, I pay all of the bills. Um, before this, it was, and we were here, living here for probably about a, a year before that. Uh, and I was paying just like something even minute, even smaller because I was just renting out one room when we were, I was here. So it was two fifty then. Right. And then once everyone moved out and we got most of her stuff out and helped her move into the new place, then she's like, okay, well, let's start talk about rent again. And we went back and forth, back and forth. Uh, and we settled on, I would pay $600 a month, but then at the end of the year, I'll pay the taxes. Uh, on the property, which ends up being about $2,000. Okay. Um, and so that's our current arrangement. And then at the end of this year, uh, we're going to talk about it again. And I think we're going to, I think we're talking about bumping it up to 800. Uh, and the overall goal here is to put in enough money into this house to make it rentable, right? It's a decent sized house. Uh, before putting some money into it, I think I could have rented it for probably a grand pretty easily. Uh, and then, but now with all the improvements that I'm putting into it, you know, new lighting, new ceiling fans, I know that I can rent it for probably closer to 15, right? Uh, 1500. So the idea is to put enough money into this house to make it profitable for my mom when I, when I move out. Right. And then also be able to save up enough money to be able to have a down payment on a house and move out in hopefully a year or so. A completely different house. Yes, completely. You're not considering house. buying this house or anything. No. This house is no, like no. this is something this, that... is, this will stay in the family yeah. for as long as we need. And if anything ever happens, this will be a place that anyone on any three of us could return back. Gotcha. To. So you you were gifted by 
these properties you guys have chosen to they're in a trust you're they're you're gonna basically use them as investments you're currently living there right now so you're paying the rent and things like that like and right. so what what is i guess the challenge then this all sounds reasonable what you're talking about what's the what's the challenge or what's the con- uh, specifically like what's the causing the I conflict think, between you two i think the challenge is that she feels like she's we're stuck right we can't really move forward we can't really move backwards right because and every time uh every time we've set a goal right we we've been moving that goal post a little bit further a little bit further right and i think the frustration comes from the fact of not knowing where we're going to be in a year or not know where we're going to be in you know a year and a half i think that's where and then on top of that plus putting money into this house instead of putting money into uh, a savings account, right? So, but I think I've done about the most that I want to do. I put about two thousand dollars, three thousand dollars into this house. Per so, out of curiosity, when you when you move out, like you, your mom, and your brother will be like splitting the equity, right? Right. Yes. See, but that has never been established. So, uh, we're, because we're not selling the house, it would potentially be just for rent. Right. So, so it's all of these, are you the only these... one putting money into the house? Yes. Yes. And it sounds like, Ellen, you have some concerns about the time and money he's putting in and and the security of of how that will be split. Because, yeah, that doesn't seem totally right. Like, if you're putting, especially cash, right? right. Like, that's, that's quantifiable. Like, yeah. you and should, so- you know, first money in, first money out type of thing. Like, when you guys, you should be able to recoup your financial investment and if not then that should have changed the equity you're putting more equity right. in whether it's the right. cash you put in or also your time your time and is I equity think, as well yeah i think the big thing that i think the big thing is and i'm going to talk to we haven't really we haven't we're not even to the point yet no. but i've talked to my mom about this in the past which is that you know however much money i put into the house uh you know over whenever you start renting it out you know i would want i want some portion of that rent back to me uh to pay to recoup that cost and then from there uh the most the majority of the money would either go into the trust to uh you know keep funding the trust or go to my mom as passive income. well actually i mean i think a better way of saying it to your mom because when you say i want a portion of the rent that kind of can be confusing right so like if you put money in so if you put a dollar in if you spend a dollar on supplies you should be able to get your costs back right right so there's that, mm-hmm. that, and that you can tally that you can keep the receipts. You can quantify that. Uh, and, this, and the second one is your time, right? Yeah. So like you guys, you and your mom should agree on an hourly rate of like what you are worth your time and work that you put in, because it's, you're not doing it. Then you would hire like a, some sort of contractor, whether it's plumbing or construction work or like concrete or like finished wood or working and they would charge you a fee. So right. that, that it, don't call it half the rent it's like separate, right? Because half the right. rent makes it seem like, what do you mean you get half the rent back? Have it's the like, trust, yeah, have the trust recuperate. Yeah, the, uh, so costs. you're just essentially billing the trust. Right. You're, 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 you're just a contractor, right? And you might be, right. and, and maybe the reason why your mom and the you and your brother agree to hire you is because you're cheaper. You know, right. like you're doing it at a significant discount. Because a, like a, a, a plumber or electrician or a contractor might charge two or three times more. I, I don't know. I don't, you know. And so, but I think that's what you just need to make things very clear. Because when you say ha- a portion of the trust, that's gray. 
and it seems unquantifiable. Right. But the, the hours you spend in an agreed upon hourly rate and the supplies at which you built, that's easily quantifiable. And the, like, that's what anyone would do. And fine, get a third party to determine like what your worth is if you guys have a hard time agreeing on what that is. But that shouldn't be all that hard to set aside. Mm -hmm. And then it's having so then conversations around like, yeah, and then it's just like whatever that number is, you get that, you get reimbursed. Right. Uh, so mostly, what other, what did you have any other? We mostly just have trouble initiating these conversations. Like, I don't know if this is the solution, but it definitely will oversimplify, which is like, maybe you just agree to paying fair, fair market value to the rent and then not pay the taxes and not be the one solely responsible for the bills. Cause that, that's comp, like, that's not how it would be done right. in a, in a non-family situation. Like right. I, I pay my bills. I pay my Moving taxes. Moving from a family situation yeah. to a legal and I, situation. And I, yeah, and I charge yeah. my tenants fair market value, and I pay the bills. But because you're getting a discount, now it's just like, well, if you get a discount, then maybe it would be more fair if you pay the bills, and then all of a sudden you're not getting a discount anymore. So why right. don't you just pay fair market value and and then have the trust pay the bills? Now, you're, you're still going to be a third responsible for the, the taxes and the bills, but like that should be deducted from the trust. Like, and I only say this because like my uncle's like a, an account, I was an accounting major, but like I have my uncle who does my books and like, you know, it's, I'm like a one man shop for some like one of my businesses, but I have to like be cognizant of like where I'm taking money out of and what accounts I put it into because it, like if you were to get audited or whatever, like they need to be able to account for that stuff. So like you shouldn't be pulling like stuff from the rent, like the trust should be paying the taxes and the trust should be paying the bills. Those where you should be writing checks from and your rent should be from your personal name, right? Because you are the tenant. So why don't you just simplify the accounting essentially and just do yeah. what you would do, like treat yourselves like your, your like tenants, the tenants you mm -hmm. would be if, if you moved out and you rented there. Right. And then have yeah. everyone agree on that rent. And if your rent goes up, so be it. But like, that's the right way to do it. It gets really complicated and confusing. And you guys are trying to negotiate or compromise on things that there's like is are kind of arbitrary and don't right. really make sense to like in a, if you went to an accountant, they'd be like, well, I don't. Why are you doing this? <laughs> it, it, correct me if I'm wrong. It sounds like if you can figure out this like conflict you have that's ongoing with your mom that seems to be like easily fixed because there are, there's a clear answer, which is like, stop trying to do things because <laughs> it's family and yeah. just do it the right way. Right. Uh, see, the thing is though, is, and then that's where it kind of gets a little more difficult, right? Is because if we start doing it the right way, then that that's 800, $700 less that we're able to put in a savings account. We're not right? putting that money into a savings account though. We're spending it on a house and we pay the bills. Do you, uh, let me ask you a question. Let, do you have an answer? Yeah. Do you know, do you, do you even know what your total expense, like if I'm your accountant, I'd be like, what is that cost? It's simple math and maybe hire or get a bookkeeper or someone like, what are your taxes? What are your bills? And what is your rent? And add it all up and separate the two. Right. Right. Because I don't know you, you, it doesn't sound like you guys know. Like, well, I do. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> But like it, it, it's something you should literally be able to put on paper on Excel spreadsheet and determine whether it's costing you more or less because you're fixated on the rent. And, and to Ellen's point, you literally might be paying more overall. And if it's not yeah. going into a savings either way, what like what is the what's the point? You know, so sure. get a handle on your finances 
and be honest with yourself about, you know, really getting a discount. So you're, you need to a just do the accounting right and make it right. simple. So like, it just is what it is and find yeah. out what is the best possible. You, you both need to get on the same page there. Cause you're not, you're clearly not like you think you're paying more than you otherwise would. And you don't know. Yeah. So uh, it ends up being, I, I've done the math before. It ends up being like $500 less overall per year. So, I mean, it's really not that much. Okay. So for $500 does not work $500 over the course of the year. And like, I'm not here to tell you how you should value money, <laughs> but it doesn't seem like $500 over the course of a year. When you told me $600 right. for one month is worth this conflict with your mom. That's constantly ongoing. So like pay the extra $500 in rent over the course of the year. Or not, yeah. or maybe, or maybe negotiated after the fact, but negotiate in a way where the finance, the accounting is clear. Make the accounting clear. Okay. Be a united front, and even though you delegate tasks, it's it's for the benefit of both of you. Right. Because like you're delegating tasks, and like Ellen, you're not seeing it as a benefit to you, and vice versa. You're like, why are you looking at houses? We can't find our house right now. Like, well, how, how that's unhelpful. Yeah. You know. Does that make sense? Right. Is this helpful? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's really good. Okay. Okay. All right. Yeah. yeah. So right. we'll talk in six months and see how it goes. All right. Sounds good. Best of luck, guys. <laughs> wow, we did it. Heroes. What are heroes? <laughs> Not all heroes wear capes. Yeah. Some of them wear headphones. <laughs> Sometimes they just have mics. Thank you to Madeline and Kobe. Uh, thank you to our mediation callers. Don't forget to send in your questions at asknick at castmedia.com. Cast with a K for our mediation calls, our Ask Nick episodes. Can't thank you guys enough for listening. Subscribe, rate, review, all that fun stuff. We are back on Monday for our Ask Nick episode, along with uh, Tuesday, Kale Lowry, Clayton Eckhart, Wednesday, Josh Peck. Get mediated. Get, mediated. get mediated. Please get mediated. <laughs> Bye. Okay.